Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what's going on, Giants and Jets fans? Welcome to the latest episode of our Giants and Jets Talk is Cheap podcast uh, from the from NJ Advanced Media with Star Ledger, NJ.com. It's Tuesday evening right now, December the 5th. Daryl Slater here with you, Andy Vasquez, in a minute. And uh, so we'll we'll just, uh, yeah, a lot of QB stuff to talk about. We just spent, uh, what, 10, 15 minutes going through all the drama before we got on this. And now we're going to, hopefully that warms us up a little bit for uh, t- talking further about the quarterback's goings-on, soap opera, saga, you know, different level controversy or whatever. Um for both teams, uh, obviously, we'll we'll touch real quick on it and then get dig deeper here. At the top, the Giants, uh, the Jets, rather, um, lost to the Falcons on Sunday. They're four and eight. They're six in the draft order. The Giants now seventh in the draft order. Uh, the Giants have fallen from second to seventh uh, with two wins and a bye. So that, as we all know, is going to affect their quarterback future plans potentially. Uh, what the Gi- the Jets now have lost. One, two, three, five straight games <laughs> uh, since giving gifted the win over the Giants. Their offense is a disaster. Lost a Sunday to the Falcons, of course. And then the day after the game, yesterday, Monday, uh, it comes out. Well, of course, they benched Tim Boyle for Trevor Simeon, who was unsurprisingly terrible, just as Boyle was unsurprisingly terrible, just as Zach Wilson has been unsurprisingly terrible. Uh, and so yesterday it comes out that the, the, the Athletic had a report that the Jets are inclined to turn back to Zach Wilson, but he's reluctant for some, I think, unknown re- reason, uh, at least publicly unknown, to go back out there. Okay, yeah, that's kind of crazy, honestly. Uh, and so, a, obviously, a really terrible look for Zach Wilson. And I will say, Robert Sala and Aaron Rodgers, who are word salad chefs, uh, talked around this the last couple of days. They, they never denied it. They never denied the report. So, like, let's remember that. Um, and so we'll see who starts, whether it's Trevor Simeon or, or Zach Wilson. And then the, the giants turfed Tim Boyle, bringing Brett Rippon, uh, whatever. Uh, and so it, it's Simeon or Wilson. Um, yeah, Andy, I, I, let's what, just give me your like 30 second response to all this craziness uh, and then we'll touch on the giants real quick. Yeah, I don't – I mean, 30-second response. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, like you said, they didn't deny it. And then Salah went as far to say, it's like, oh, Zach was in my office within the last hour talking about how he wants to play. Like, does that does that just happen? Like, right after a report like that, does your quarterback who hasn't played in a month or that you benched three weeks ago, 
is he going to just walk in your office and be like, hey, just so you, in case you were wondering after this report, I, I, I feel like playing. That's not true. So, I mean, I've, and he wouldn't say when asked specifically if uh, at, there was any point where, where Zach was reluctant to play. So, I mean, yes, you're right. It's a, I guess it's a, like, who cares at this point what kind of a look it is for Zach Wilson because he's going to be gone. But sure, I guess it's a bad look. Um, but also you kind of get it. I mean, they just basically were like, we're going to, we're going to do everything. They spent months saying we're going to do everything we can to help this kid and really get him the help he needs. And this is a perfect year for him to take off and, and not have to worry about it. But yet they put him in a position to be one snap away from playing behind the oldest quarterback in the NFL. And then it happened on the fourth play of the season. And it didn't change the fact we needed a red shirt year. They didn't go get him a, a viable backup. They didn't get, didn't get him help. They put him out there. It went poorly as there should be no surprise about that. And then when it became, you know, ideal for them to move on and, and it was, it got so bad that, that even though it wasn't all his fault, he was the easiest person to blame and, and kind of take the heat off of the coaching staff for a while. They, they not only bench him, but they deactivate him and, and make him the, the third quarterback. So yeah, you, true. you also get it. You get why this kid would be like, I don't need yeah. this anymore. Yeah. Like make me play. Like, and he's going to have to play because, because he, they guaranteed him 35 million. But I've been saying, look, Whatever you want to say about Zach Wilson, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I mean, you get it. It's over. It's like, so what? Why not just kind of stick it to them a little bit? I, I will actually give him almost credit for that. But uh, yeah, it's a mess. And then I, I know that wasn't 30 seconds, but uh, I could keep going. But, but my we'll, gosh, we'll get into yes, more of this in a minute. We'll get into more of this uh, throughout the episode here and the Aaron Rodgers stuff. And my God, you talk about a phony of all phonies. Uh, it's not even phony. Like it, phony is someone <laughs> like who's it, it's transparent. How much of a, of just a, a, a full of crap. This guy is like, everyone knows it is known. There's been a million examples. Uh, but as far as the giants go, um, and, and we'll get into more giants here, uh, obviously, but they are, they won two straight games. They were on their bye week. And they're sticking with Tommy DeVito, uh, Tyrod Taylor back from his four cracked ribs. He missed four games and really tough dude, but the giants are going with continuity over experience for now. I think you think there'd be a shorter leash, certainly on DeVito with Taylor as his backup, as opposed to Matt Barkley as the backup, uh, giants four and eight, uh, they've beaten two very bad teams the last two weeks in the Patriots and the commanders. Uh, let's just not be, we're not going to be the foofs here who are talking to Giants playoffs. Sorry, not happening. Go elsewhere for that. Um, but Giants Monday night game didn't get flexed. Packers, Packers just beat the Chiefs. I could you know totally see the Giants losing to that game, reg- losing that game regardless of who their quarterback is. And then at the Saints, uh, you know, reasonably tough game against a not great Saints team that's five and seven the next week. So they still have to play the Eagles twice. The Giants do. The Eagles having lost to the Niners probably will not be resting starters in week 18. So let's, let's just stop with the talk about the giants and the playoffs. I mean, they're probably going to lose 10 games. That's not getting you seven and 10 is not getting you in. So uh, it's it for the giants at this point. Uh, it's about draft position. It's about taking a look at younger players. Jalen Hyatt had a big game last time out. Um, and also, you know, I think that the quarterback decision here makes sense from a couple perspectives, obviously, 
yes, okay, fine. Tommy DeVito earned it, all right? It's not like he's lit it up, but you want to say that, that's fine. He won a couple games. But also, and Brian Dable's probably not looking at it from this macro view, you got to get a, I think it makes sense to get a look at him. Tyra Taylor has no future with his team, okay? I feel bad for him, and I understand why he was frustrated about not playing. And yes, Brian Dable wants to win every game, okay? That's true, and I believe it's true. um, And that's why I think they could circle back to Taylor at some point here if DeVito struggles. Um, short leash and all, blah, blah, blah. We just mentioned that. But uh, DeVito, maybe, could he be your backup next year? I don't know. I don't know. But at least get, at least take a look down the stretch here because Tyra Taylor has no future with you, pending free agent, 35 years of age next year. So, uh, yeah, I think that that, you know, it makes, I guess, you know, some logical sense. But they have a decent backup option. Like, look, if Tommy DeVito goes out and poops a bed and is absolute disgrace, and they just put Tyra Taylor in the game. It's not that hard. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, maybe not this week against Packers against a good Packer team that just, like I said, beat the chiefs. So that's where the giants are at. As far as that goes, we, you know, we don't need to get them in the minutia Darren Waller injury or whatever. I mean, let, let's be honest again, the season is still about the future. Um, and it's about, you know, the interesting little quarterback wrinkle here. Uh, but obviously the story of the NFL, the jets and, and the quarterback drama as always. Uh, so Okay, we talked about Salas, or we talked about the Wilson part, right? For for me, it's like okay, I I guess I would understand why he would say f you to the co- you know essentially f you to the coaches. Um, but look, I mean, the guy is going to be a free agent; they're going to cut him, and he needs to put some good film out there if he wants to get a job somewhere else, right? So I don't, you know, you'd think he'd be motivated to want to play well. Uh, we don't know the full context of of how he kind of pushed back on wanting to play or to the extent that he did that. Uh, it is uh, on the surface, a bad look and, and a weird look for a guy who needs to put good film out there, but that doesn't, and you wrote a good uh, post about this. This, none of this impacts a lot of the big picture issues surrounding the jets, because this guy is going to be gone. He's a goner. He's toast. They're putting him curbside for goodness sake. So I, to me, there's, there's a couple people that, Okay, so we know Rodgers will be around next year, right? And and I just Rodgers going on with propaganda Pat McAfee today. My goodness. I mean, and a, let's say it again. It should be written and said every time he goes on the show. It's a paid appearance. It is a paid appearance. It's not a journalistic interview. It's a paid appearance with a friend, two rich guys talking, one of whom pays the other to go on the show. The end. And yeah, he challenges Rodgers at times, but Rodgers went on there and just said some absolute nonsense today. Oh, it's cowardly. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's not how it works, pal. And this guy, we know he runs his gums to everyone who listens to him, both on and off the record. We know it's true. And we know it's been true for years. So that what a, what a disingenuous thing to say. Whatever. I guess he's trying to sort of stand up publicly for Zach Wilson. Uh, again, Rodgers the quarterback next year. Yeah, they'll get a backup. Will Rodgers fix everything? Who knows? And they have a lot of other issues to address. The big one now, and we talked about this before we got on, the big one now is Robert Sala. This guy has not done squat. And if Rodgers was not his quarterback, he would be gone already. Uh, the, what's his record in December now, Andy? One in 12. December or later, one in 12. The Jets here down the stretch with zero good quarterback options. Zero. Zero. I don't care who their quarterback is. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be Rodgers. They play a good Texans team on Sunday. Then they go Dolphins, Commanders, Browns, Pats. You know, they could beat the Commanders and the Pats. Maybe. They're not scoring touchdowns. Hard to win games. So, all right. So, say the Jets. What's it going to take for Salah to not lose his job? 
They're four and eight. Give me a record. It would take. They got to win a. I think it's got to win a game. They got to win a game. One, just one. I at this point, yes. I mean, the season they, they've already gone so far down the well. You know, this is uh, none of this would have happened if Aaron Rodgers hadn't gotten hurt. So that that's going to be the basically. They're not going to exactly say that, but that's everything they've done. Screams that. Yeah. Until until they got to last week. And realized, oh my God, we might lose ten straight games to end the season, and I like you can't do that. They they were just shrug when you would ask them why can't the offense score. This shrug and smile basically. That's what Nathaniel Hacker would do. So all of a sudden, he started actually giving kind of like answers, like I got to be better. And I think it's because they're they're realizing, oh my God, we really might lose 10 games in a row after losing six games in a row. And somebody is going to get fired if that happens. So I, I don't think the bar is super high just because they are, the, the excuse factory is running strong right now. I mean, real, real strong at Florham Park. Um, and, and basically if Aaron Rodgers was healthy, none of this would have happened. And, and that's where it's at. So I don't think, and I, I think the fans are resigned to it. I think honestly, it will fly if they just win a game and they don't win, lose it. I mean, some fans are going to be mad, but like you're you're holding a carrot in front of Jets fans that have had nothing good happen to them in the last decade plus, and it's Aaron Rodgers healthy. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, they're going to take it, and I, I honestly I can't blame them uh, because what else do you have to look forward to at this point? The way this has gone, so. I don't think the bar is high, but I don't think it's easy to attain the, the way things, the way they've done it. And, you know, there's a lot of alarming stuff and, and just, you know, nonsense that that's going around. And, you know, it's not even typical jet stuff because this regime has been pretty good about keeping a lot of this stuff under wraps, but it's, it's clearly gotten away from them here. And that's, that's what's going to be interesting is how ugly is this going to get? How weird is it going to get? Um, and that's really kind of what I was writing today is like, okay, Zach Wilson, I, whatever. What's really more important is like, how do the guys who are key players next year feel? How are they feeling about another wasted year? What, what are they going to come out of this feeling and doing? Are they going to be traumatized by it and, and not the same players offensively? Cause you know, you, you've seen that happen to guys, uh, that just haven't been able to recover from losing for the first time in their lives? Or is it going to kind of steal their resolve? Like a lot of the Jets players who struggled their first year on defense uh, ended up coming through that stronger and better for the experience. So I think, you know, Robert Sala has a strength. It is, you know, keeping his guys believing uh, in the fact that they can reach their potential, but it's now, then now it's getting, you know, weird and, and the distractions are flying. And I mean, if you were a player in that locker room, especially on the defense and even on the offense, like it's not like the offense doesn't have weapons. I mean, at this point, how, how are you not fed up with the team for putting you in this position that, that really you shouldn't have been put in Aaron Rodgers or not. They, they, they basically added Aaron Rodgers, some of his guys, they should not be this much worse than they were last year. And they are, they are so much worse. So it's, it's, just a, a botch job all around and you're messing with opportunities for guys late in their career, like CJ Mosley and guys early in their career uh, who were able to play together because of the contracts like Garrett Wilson, sauce Gardner, 
know, th- those windows are not wide. Like I'm going to get next year, maybe the year after that, before we have to give them extensions. And, and they've just completely, you know, squandered this opportunity. And, and these guys in the locker room aren't dumb. So yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to me to see if something comes of this in these last five weeks, which could be really frustrating. And, and if it it becomes obvious that there is going to have to be some sort of change, even though these guys were basically handed the opportunity at a free pass on a flatter and, and have not been able to take it because they've just been such a mess. A couple things usually cost a coach's job. Uh, losing the locker room. And you kind of touched on a little bit of how that maybe kind of could happen here. We'll see with some of this nonsense and drama. Um, and a coach making another fool of himself publicly. Um, Joe Judge did it. He probably would have stayed if he hadn't done that, if he hadn't just kept talking and talking and talking. Um, and so I will say, you know, as frustrating as it is to to cover Brian Dable, who, you know, grunts his way through these press conferences, and he doesn't give you really anything there, but he's also not um, going to, you know, I – the word hang themselves on their words. It's kind of the, not a good metaphor to use, but he's not going to, he's not going to let his words doom him, I guess would be the better way to tactful way to say that. But, um, and Robert Sala, you know, he's a good talker. Guy likes to talk. Oh yeah. He's yeah. a politician. He's an operator, you know, look, let's be honest. I mean, he's, he's an orator, you know, that's his, his, that's helps him motivate. That's a good thing. Right. You know, what's probably not a good thing. Texting with a, a guy who is Jane, <laughs> Joe Beningo, who is unhinged. But I, look, I like Joe. He's a nice, nice guy. I, I have. Yeah, you, you've met him. You've written yeah, story. You've watched, you've watched the I, Jets game with him. Yeah, he, I, wrote about I think him. Joe would even tell you he's unhinged, right? So, uh, and he's not. He a basically new, did today when he apologized, right? He's not a member. Yeah. I didn't see the apology. He, just, he just went, bro, bro. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Jet fan who ha- who happened to you know for a very long time had a nice career at WFN and really doesn't work in the media much anymore. It's not like he's beholden to some journalistic code and he basically shared you know not actual te- screenshots of text but paraphrasing text where jo- Robert Sal is basically telling him you know that Zach Wilson stinks. Look, we all know he stinks. Okay, but like it's. And yes, coaches. I will say, I, I, I'm just going to stop because the, the explanation was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, because he's, because he basically he's, his thing was he, he texted Salah like that he needs to go back to Zach Wilson. Salah texted him, Are you kidding me? That's what he said yesterday. That turned into a big thing. Okay. okay. And then he explained it today. Well, he, and, and Joe thought that meant that Salah didn't like. Zach Wilson. And then he explained it today was like he had been hammering away for weeks, just sending Salah like four part oh. texts about how he needed to bench Zach Wilson. And then that's what Salah texted him when he said he needed to bring back Zach Wilson. Nice. And that's the excuse or whatever you want to put it. But yeah, well, I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It's entertaining. And you yeah, can exactly. see that happening. But the, but the, the larger point that you're trying to make, I think I'll, I'll just let you get to it, is that how are you putting yourself in this position, right? It's circus stuff. It's circus stuff, just like it was last year when he talked about cramming receipts down throats. And let's this coach went <laughs> too. Four, this coach went four and thirteen. Four and thirteen in his first year. Okay. Then they come out, they they struggle early, one and two, receipts down the throat. I forget exactly when he made the comment. It was 0 and one. They lost to the I to thought. the Ravens. And it was 0 and one. And before they played the Browns, lost and the only thing that saved them that next week against the Browns was they had an all time comeback down by 13 with less than two minutes left. Right. No timeouts so and they he won. He makes the comments. They rally from 0-1-1 to 6-3. and 3, They close 7-10. and 10. All right. And yeah. you mentioned the December record. 
And this year, of course, after the, the you know the gifted win uh, from the Giants, they've lost five straight games and counting. Four and three has become four and eight and counting. Uh, like you said, it could really snowball here. To, is it going to be ten straight loss? How many six more six straight this week? Then seven probably against the Dolphins. Then they get a chance to win against the Commanders. Maybe, maybe, possibly. So, um, like to me, that there has to be, and then the, the solid part of the other part of the solid thing is if you, obviously if you're looking at him in a vacuum with the record and the way he comports himself, uh, which it's some good, some, some, you know, it's more of the circus stuff in some ways that the jets have really, in some ways have moved on from, but you see it popping up obviously. And when it does, it's these big things like the receipt comment or what the report about Zach Wilson being reluctant to play. And so, um, yeah, I just, and, 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 you know, come on with the text. Okay. So I'll give him a, maybe a pass on the Joe B thing, but um, either way, the, the overall point, it's, it's an all time silly story that a coach, you know, a public figure shouldn't put himself in a position to be in. Yeah. It's gotta be smarter. And, and, and I think, you know, coaches obviously do talk candidly about players to reporters off the record, but you got to understand, like, you know, I, you know, should he even be, he should, he should block Joe's number. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Uh, talking too much to too many people. Uh, that's certainly part of it. So all, on the merits alone and the record alone, this guy would, he's 15 and 30, he's 15 and 31. He'd be gone. Right. But here's the, here's the domino effect. Everything's tied to the quarterback that they handed the keys of the franchise over. You got, first of all, you got to stop listening to Rogers next year, but they gave this guy decision-making power essentially. And so it's a domino effect. So if you fire Salah, the only way, and 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 I kind of am, am stealing your point that you brought up before the call, but like oh, the only fine. way to keep Rogers in the fold and keep him happy and keep his caddy, Nathaniel Hackett around next year um, is right. Maybe you elevate Jeff Albrecht, the really good defensive coordinator who could have some looks elsewhere to head coach. And then you roll with Hackett as your OC, basically telling Albrecht, like, all right, you're the head coach, but you got to keep Rogers caddy as the OC. So, um, right. Is, would you agree? I mean, you would agree. Cause yeah, just, there, there's, there's, there's a, a, I mean, I, I even wrote it. I wrote it last Friday when you started to see where this thing could spiral and what some of the you know, scenarios were, but yeah, that, that's how it would, you, it would happen. And, and that, there's no guarantee Jeff Albrecht agrees to that. And I'm, it's complete speculation on my part, but Sometimes that's my job, and I have a pretty knowledgeable understanding of how Sounds you're saying they're going to bring the franchise that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been saying I, 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 th- there's a way out that could work, but it would require a lot of things that I'm not 100 percent sure. You know, Jeff Ulbricht may not think that's a good idea, or or maybe loyal enough to Solid that he doesn't do that, and I, I can't tell you. So maybe uh, th- there's more. There's more. Yeah, there's more factors. But but I, there that is a way it could work. Um, I mean, and there's you know Rodgers could decide that he's no longer uh, you know uh, as keen on on Robert Sala at some point here as well. I mean, there's there's a number of ways that, which would open up you know possibilities. But then it becomes hard to conduct a coaching search when you know Nathaniel Hackett has to be part of the deal. So there's just a lot of yeah. I still think. It's gonna. They're gonna run it back another year the way it is. I think they'll find a way to win a game, um, and it definitely in a way that hurts their draft position uh, in the in the most painful possible way. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's not. 
it, I, unless something happens that kind of forces the hand, like you said, a Joe Judge type thing, which is not out of the, the question or whatever at this point. I mean, it's it's just it's gotten weird. It's gotten really weird to the point where it's not like you're just waiting for the next thing to happen. Almost yep. at this point, yep. like, what is it going to be? What like how do you, you can't really even keep up? I mean, if you if I was trying to make a list of all the craziest things that have happened this season, it would be hard to know where to start. And and honestly, if I was to make a list of all the th- crazy things that have happened in the last two weeks, it would be hard to know where to start, including sitting in a room with Aaron Rodgers and listening to him say, what's the worst that happens if I tear my Achilles Gosh, yeah, at age 40 right. a second time in three months? I'll just slow down my rehab, come back in six months again, and be ready for training camp like nothing ever happened. So um, I will say there's a lot going on. Covering people who are kind of crazy is kind of, it can be annoying at times, but it's also fun. Like, so I think everyone would agree is Salah and Aaron Rodgers are kind of crazy. <laughs> they're, they're unconventional. Yeah. They're uh, yeah. And anomalies. So, and so they're a little, yeah, they're wacky. Uh, I wouldn't say they're left of center. I wouldn't, I wouldn't they're say interesting. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, so uh, the, the Rod Aaron Rodgers is about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Like yeah, so, exactly. So, like a lot of successful. By people, the way, both not both both of these guys. That's an accurate statement. But let's just if you're if you're ever trying to figure out the motivations here, start there. Self both of these guys are yes. And but and, like, and one 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 just one thing on that point. I, I just one one thing I want to say about Salah, and I, I've never I don't know if I've ever really said this publicly, but I found it interesting, and I don't think there's nothing out of bounds about it. Before the fourth game of his career as the Jets head coach, it was either the fourth, I'm pretty sure it was the fourth game. They were playing the Titans, and Salah was asked like why the Titans, why he liked them. And he said, like, well, you know, they've had the chance to build it together for like several years of continuity or whatever, like whatever. But he was like already before he even had his first win, he was like sending messages through the media to ownership, like that you have to be patient. And it, if you, that kind of explains his whole regime and what it's been about. Yeah. And this ownership and Woody Johnson is so this ownership, right? It's Woody Johnson. You know, he, yeah. he pays attention to the media. He's very sensitive to the, the way the team is portrayed. Um, you talk about certain owners who, you know, most owners, fannies and seats is a big thing, big indicator for, you know, whether you fire a coach, whatever. But like Woody Johnson is particularly sensitive to the way the team is portrayed in the media, which is, often led to some some dumb knee-jerk things that he's done um but uh yeah and that's now you see a coach who's trying to do what he thinks is going to keep this this kind of um you know loony owner in some ways or has you know he's done some loony things let's be honest and so woody johnson has not always but i'm not you know but trying to keep this guy happy and so then sending these messages certainly one way to do that and uh or at least so he thinks but like look these two guys are about themselves and they're about self-preservation right with Salah obviously doesn't have nearly the track record of Rodgers right so at least with Rodgers you can say okay the guy's a complete egomaniac but you know what so are a lot of really successful people so was um Steve Jobs right I mean he was a raging maniac and impossible to work for Michael Jordan Oh, Michael Jordan was a horrible human being. Yeah. Like now, he wasn't a good player because he was a horrible human being. But you know, the relentless competitiveness, the selfishness, 
um, you know, sometimes that manifests itself into success. Now, like, we're not saying Salah's like Michael Jordan in terms of being as awful as Michael Jordan is as a human being, but um, or Rogers, yeah. No, I'm just saying that like there's plenty of examples of guys who lose touch with the human their humanity because in reality their, their gift becomes the most important. You know, maximizing their gift becomes the most important thing and, and, and the only thing that matters stuff. in their lives. Yeah. Really yeah. highly motivated people. I mean, I'm going to set aside Saul, right? Because he's, he hasn't really occurred. Yeah, we're not talking about him anymore. I, I just wanted to point that, you said the self-preservation thing and I just wanted to make sure that people understood that. Yeah, that Rogers, like, you know, that a lot of this motivation stuff has fueled him. So he says these wacky things like, what does it matter if I tear it again? You know, because he, but I will give him credit. I mean, he he worked hard and try, he tried to It's rehab. remarkable, yeah. No one's has tried to rehab. It's, it's going to be a... Uh, a moot point here because they're they're four and eight and they're not going to make the playoffs, right? They're not going to win every game the rest of the way, which was which is even, even, if, they, even if they did, they, they may not make the playoffs, make but they're not doing yeah. it. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna probably lose their next two games, or even when they go eight and nine. So they're missing the playoffs. Duh. Rogers is not playing this year. Duh. Okay, fine. But you know, look, you know, maybe he'll pull the Uncle Rico thing. It's like, oh, I could have thrown the ball over the mountain. Like I could have come and come back and play. It would happen. I would, I would have been ready. And so whatever it's about next year. I will say, I wouldn't rule any, like we're at, we've reached the point of zaniness yeah. and wackiness where I agree with you that I think it's highly unlikely. And I don't think he'll play, but you can't even rule that out at this point. Like, no, honest, like it's, it's, it would make no sense. And that's why you got to be like, well, it could happen. Um, yeah. I don't think it will to be Bottom clear, line, but I, of- I'm not, I'm not prepared to be like that won't happen now. Yeah, we said it from day one with Rodgers. I wrote it from day one. If this team doesn't make the Super Bowl with Rodgers, the trade's a failure. Okay, so go. Enough with the conversation about the freaking Achilles. Enough. It's, okay, so let's get us to January. Get us to the offseason. Stop listening to this guy. Start building. You know, figure out who your coaching staff is going to be. Start building an offensive line to protect a court, you know, aging quarterback coming off the uh, the torn Achilles. Uh, let's see how Rodgers does. Let's you know, the, the receiving group needs to be addressed. Um because quite frankly, it's a disaster outside of Garrett Wilson. And so then let's move forward. And they have what one or two, maybe just one year to go extremely deep in the playoffs. If they, uh, they don't make a super Bowl, the trade's a failure. Okay. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to buy that. The, the, you know, Rogers missing one year and then they make the AFC championship game. And maybe he runs it back for another year after that, but they, they have to accomplish something um, to me. That's, outside the realm of what they've done in recent past to, to make this a success. So like, let's, okay, enough with the talking about the ACL or the Achilles and all of his, whatever he is nonsense. He was spewing in that press conference. Look, I appreciate the guy, the guy, I'm never going to tell a guy to not, not talk. It's like, fine. You want to dig your own grave by saying stuff. Great. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you want honesty. We always want honesty. Um, and, and, uh, I guess he believes the things he says fine, but like ultimately it's just so hollow at this point. Like we need some action from this guy. Now I'm not saying like, look, get out there and play now. It's silly, not at all. Right. It wouldn't be smart, but uh, no, yeah. no, absolutely. But not. When next September rolls around, let's see what you're made of Rogers. Right. I mean like the, let's, we, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. And let's not forget the jets. Like I'm hard on the jets. Your fans are hard on the jets. They deserve most of it, almost all of it. But this was, uh, you know, let's remember this was extremely unfortunate uh, and like worst case scenario. And it stinks that this the year turned into what it did when, you know, there was so much excitement and you got to feel for them and you almost got to give them, okay, like 
understand why it was maybe a struggle to adjust that. But the funny part is like they, they did okay during that shock period. It's now that they've moved past that where, where they've kind of failed. So um, it just speaks to a, a lot, you know, in terms of that's going on with this franchise with bad luck and, and that is bad luck. And that's a really unfortunate, you know, kind of Charlie Brown pulling the football away type of moment for Jets fans. And, and I feel for them and, you know, I feel for honestly, like all of the NFL in terms of what that story would have been like, and and I'm not saying it would have they would have been like great. I think if anything, this year has proven that uh, the offense, even with Aaron Rodgers, needed needs more. You know, was going to have some issues, but I just think it would have been a much more interesting, more fun story. You know, to to see Jets fans, you know, able to actually have something to brag about since they, they enjoy and, and the Jets as a, as a team enjoy, you know, bragging about anything. It would have been cool to, if, for the Jets to be relevant, for them to be good for, or being good at football. And and I thought there was a good chance of that happening. And then it lasted four plays. So, I, I mean, I do have sympathy for that situation, but it doesn't excuse this. Like I said before, there's no reason to be significantly worse than you were last year. Yeah. And, uh, that to me, you know, five games to go, Houston, Miami, Washington, Cleveland, New England. Okay. Two games that are pretty winnable in there. Um, the Jets, they cannot get embarrassed. We we don't need to go through all the offensive numbers. They've, their offense has been terrible. We all know it. And they've been terrible for a, for a long time here, long stretch, including the entirety of this five game losing streak. You know, they lost by, but they can't get blown out. I mean, they, they have four point loss in Vegas. The offense did nothing. And a five point loss last week. Offense did nothing again against Atlanta, but they, you know, they didn't get blown out. They were in the game, uh, but in three of these losses, they've been blown out 27, six to the chargers, 32, six to the bills, 34, 13 to the dolphins. If they go out on these next two games and get completely waxed. And then if they do it again on Christmas Eve against the commanders who are atrocious and who are going to toe tag Ron Rivera here coming up. And so, uh, and by the way, the commanders this year have lost to Tyra Taylor and Tommy DeVito. Amazing. Uh, and so they're, they're done, you know, they're done obviously. And Rivera's done. And so if they, if they, man, if they get blown, you see, you got to figure they're probably getting blown out in Miami. You, but that Washington game to me looms large as a potential embarrassing home game Christmas Eve maybe the paper bags over the heads or a lot of empty seats and all that. Um, right. They can't get embarrassed because of yeah. the optics and everything. They got to at least be competitive. And Right. This game is dangerous on Sunday because I mean, it's just like poetic justice in terms of you have your number two overall pick from 2021 yeah, and all of this controversy surrounding him. And then here comes, uh, you know, the number two pick, overall this year in, in Stroud and I I don't I don't have I gotta find the exact numbers. I think he's at twenty touchdowns now for the season, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. But um the the fact that this is what it looks like when you get the yeah. number two pick right. And the, the Texans twenty touchdowns. So Zach Wilson has twenty one career touchdowns in thirty two starts now. That's amazing. 32 games? 31 starts, 32 games? His 21 touchdowns 
Uh, more interceptions than that. I don't know off the top of my head. But I'm just talking about running touchdowns. I mean, I'm sorry, passing touchdowns, not running touchdowns. But those are those are Stroud's passing touchdowns, 20 this year. That's what it looks like. So, and I'm sure he's going to, like, the Jets' defense is good. They they maybe, maybe they force him into some looks. He hasn't seen mistakes. He could have a bad game. It, it doesn't change the fact that he's already better than Zach Wilson ever was for the Jets. But but it will be especially embarrassing if he lights up the Jets. Uh, that's a dangerous one for them. And it, it 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 like it can you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as, man, what a disaster for the Jets. Or like the Texans were like a disaster of the order of magnitude the Jets are right now. Yeah, two two years ago with with their whole situation and I, mean, I don't even remember. Well, Last the guy's year. name, yeah, I can't remember the yeah. the, the guy. Lovey Smith, they they were three thirteen and one last year, right? Lovey Smith, yeah. or they were one twelve and one. Then Lovey Smith wins two of his final three, including the game in Indy, and everyone's like, "Oh, he screwed the Texans. They're not going to get the number one pick, right?" And then, as it turns out, well, CJ Stroud might just be a whole lot better than Bryce Young. So now, maybe they would have taken Stroud at one, right? So. This is a Texans team three thirteen and one last year, four and thirteen the year before, four and twelve yeah. the year before that. Well, so, they were they were they were at a punchline. I can't remember the guy's David, name. David Tully. Yeah, yeah, no, or or the 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 executive who who clearly like seemed to have something oh, on the the owner because yeah, they Jack wouldn't Easton. fire him. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm sorry, Easton, I couldn't remember his name, but snake oil salesman. Uh, yeah, preacher. Yeah, it was it was wild. They were a hot mess, and now look at them. So like you could you can also look at it that way that like. All it takes is getting that right once. And and maybe the Jets version right. of getting that right is Aaron Rodgers playing well next year. And maybe it does make that big of a difference because certainly if if it's his offense, I mean maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he maybe he can I mean, I think their over their offensive line, the, the concerns about their offensive line are a bit more overblown than than they actually are. The offensive line can be a lot better than people think next year. And then you get him another weapon and maybe he really can, you know. He's already shown you what he can do with hack and call and plays. It's obviously, you know, him making the, the calls in the line of scrimmage. So, like, maybe that can be the difference. Or maybe they, they finally get lucky out of this whole situation and end up with the right quarterback. It can happen. It will happen at some point. I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime, but it, it will happen. I mean, these we've seen the Cubs win a World Series. We've seen the Red Sox win multiple. These things – don't go on forever. So at some point, uh, you know, it will happen. I just don't know. I can't tell you if we, if you're 50 years into a Super Bowl drought, 55 years into a 100-year Super Bowl drought, or 55 years into a 61-year Super Bowl drought. And that's the big question. It will end at some point, and it will go right. But, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it is not this year, that's for sure. Yeah, and so Stroud uh, this year, 12 games. 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, 101.2 quarterback rating, seven and five record. Zach Wilson, 31 starts, 32 games, 11 and 20 record, 21 touchdowns. These are just passing 25 picks and a 71 nine rating. Oh, like, you know, the, uh, look, you only need your eyeballs and not me to tell you that CJ Stroud is good. And Zach Wilson's terrible. Um, but yeah, look, it, it's about getting the quarterback. And so whether that's Rogers or, or Stroud, and now as we pivot a little bit here to the giants, um, certainly Caleb Williams, Drake may, no one's saying necessarily that both of those guys are going to be hall of famers, but the giants now 
out of the mix for those both those guys um the the problem here for the giants at seven in the draft order is joe shane will have a decision to make here about um you know what what does he do does he take bo Nix or Jaden daniels or michael Penix there or does he wait until the second round to take a guy or does he use the, the extra second round pick as ammo to move up into the bottom of the, the first round to get a, a, a quarterback who fell or does he just run it back with daniel jones in a low profile backup in 2025 so yeah i mean i forget all the stuff that shane said about running you know jones the starter it's semantics okay so right now Carolina's lost five straight games. New England's lost five straight games. Arizona won a game last week, so they're three and ten now. So, but the top three in the draft looks largely out of reach. Uh, maybe Arizona wins some more, but the Giants still have to jump. So the draft order right now is Bears from Panthers at one, and number two is the Patriots. Number three is the Cardinals. Number four is Washington at four and nine. Then Chicago at four and eight is five. The Jets have passed the Giants based on strength of schedule at six. Strength the schedule is a number one tiebreaker. It's not head to head. And the Jets are six, the Giants seventh, but the Titans are closing. They're four and eight. They're they're eighth in the draft order now. And then you have four teams: Saints, Bucks, Raiders, Chargers at five and seven, the Bengals at thirteen at five and six. So, the, if the Giants keep winning, they're going to keep falling here. And the, the more they fall, the less likely it is that they're going to get say one of that second tier, like, you know, maybe Bo Nix would be gone or Jaden Daniels are gone is gone or, you know, Penix. I, I, so we'll see how Joe Shane slots these guys and how the NFL assesses all those guys who are not Caleb Williams or Drake may. Uh, but yeah, like, so it's about getting the quarterback and at what point are the giants going to get that quarterback? Uh, and I, look, I think it's ultimately probably a long shot that Daniel Jones is that guy going into year six, coming off the torn ACL inconsistency, durability issues. Uh, I wrote something for tomorrow, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, because there's a bit of a jet parallel. So say they that can't draft, be good. Yeah, say Sorry. say they draft a, a quarterback high next year, and I'm talking about premium pick, right? Second round's a premium pick. Okay, if you pick a quarterback in the second round, he's expected to be your starter at some point. So if they use a premium pick, top two rounds on a quarterback, um, and maybe that guy plays a little bit next year, maybe he doesn't. Uh, and and if, if Jones stinks, he's definitely going to play next year, this this quarterback, right? Um, even if the kid doesn't start in week one. To me, does that cool? Maybe that cools down Brian Dable's hot seat a bit. Like, so maybe they struggle next year while playing the new kid a bunch, right? But remember one thing John Mara said at, at the introductory press conference with Brian Dable, like, oh, we screwed this kid up. And then he was talking about Daniel Jones by all the coaching changes they had. So would they pull the plug on the coaching staff? Uh, for a high draft pick quarterback with an offensive minded head coach, by the way, after the first year, um, I don't know. Dable's under contract through 2026. Uh, maybe they let him play it out through 2025 and see how it goes. Um, no more buyout for Joe Judge after next year. I don't you know. Dable's back, coming back next year. He's going to maybe fire all three of his coordinators, which is what a hot seat coach typically does. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they would just do the same thing again because Jones's coach, Pat Shermer, got fired after his first year and they went, they got into this cycle of changes for the play with play callers and coaches. So the one parallel, and you remember it, Todd Bowles, 2018, Sam Darnold's first year, drafting a quarterback number three didn't spare him. But uh, I think, I mean, to me, Bowles is a defensive guy, right? And so that was year four for Bowles. Um, 
I think Dable's more likely yeah. to be spared. Yeah, I think it actually gives him more than one year if they do that. And I think it well, I think it should because if you if you look at it, this guy has something that really nobody else has. He he developed Zach or I'm sorry, he developed Josh Allen. He developed yeah, project. him and he and he hasn't been you know, Josh Allen hasn't been as good since he left. And and he wasn't as good before. You know, he was able to kind of put his stamp on him. So he he has the track record of having done it. And then, you know, the smart thing to do, depending on his health, would be to start, you know, Daniel Jones next year, let the kid learn. Um, and then if Daniel Jones plays great, let the kid learn a second year, right? Like, it actually would take a lot of the, the pressure off whoever they draft and I feel like the coaching staff because – it, it's hard to see like they can actually make the decision that's best for the team unless it turns into a total disaster. Right. Like that barring that, that that's how you get fired in that situation. But they, they could, instead of, you know, making the cover ass, your ass decision, you make the decisions that are best for the team and who should be starting best for the kid who should be starting. If, if Jones plays terribly, you, you get the kid in there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I so I think there's a, yeah. And it also gives Daniel Jones probably his fairest chance to actually succeed as well. And even if Jones plays great and you believe in the kid, then, then you've tra- you got trade value for Jones at some point down the line. So yeah, I think that that's the smart way to handle it. And that's why you hire a guy like Dable if, if you ever get in that situation, because he has that track record and confidence. Like you, nobody can blame ownership for sticking with him if it and it if it goes wrong like were there some ugly moments this year for the giants yes but like had it ever really spiraled spiraled it looked like it might but it, but it didn't right i think ultimately too yeah like it they draft a quarterback it does buy dable time um he i think even especially if there's like a sliver of a hope that the kid is is good the the, the big thing will be if if this premium pick plays doesn't start the year, but winds up coming in for whatever reason plays, maybe he struggles, but he shows some promise, but if he doesn't get a full sample size, that that'll help bring him back. Uh, If they don't do that, but then if they don't do that, let's say they run it back with Daniel Jones, let's say they keep winning and they run it back. Right. And it's like, wow, Dable, you know, finished the year, you know, they, they went six and um, they good job. They went six and 11 with a, you know, a really crummy quarterback situation. Um, After a terrible start, yeah. Right. Okay, but guess what? They're kind of like, I think the extra second round pick maybe will render some of that moot uh, because they could may still get a quarterback maybe there. But um, but Stay say up they, with the Jets. Say for whatever reason they run it back with Jones and a low profile backup and they're terrible, right, next year. Then I think mm-hmm. it's certainly likely that he's gone because they could just fire him pick a quarterback high and, and put a new offensive minded coach in to work as, with that quarterback as a fresh start in 2025. Uh, and, and again, remember the bio for Joe judge ends after 2024, the giants would be hitting two coaches, not three in 2025. If, if hypothetically they fired Dable after this year, they'd be paying three coaches again next year, uh, which is what they did last year. Uh, so, you know, look, that's a consideration. It's not the biggest, but um but yeah, no, I think it's something to consider. I wrote a p- post on that for tomorrow. I think everyone's getting a little bit lost in this Tommy DeVito, Tyra Taylor thing. And and by the way, I should note here, it's really we're late in the podcast, but Andy, I was covered the Jets today on his 
or cover the Giants rather today on his Jets off day. He was a great job as always as being like an awesome team player for us. I I was tied up with some other stuff and couldn't get out there. And the Giants had availability today coming off the bye week on a Tuesday, which is atypical um, with the Monday night game coming up. So I appreciate Andy doing that. And he was there to listen to Tyrod Taylor talk about some of his frustrations and to listen to Ty- Tommy DeVito talk about some of his aspirations as he keeps a starting job. But ultimately, what are we doing here? They're four and eight. Not no, no offense to either of these guys, but what they're they don't matter. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, like I know they're like everyone's the problem here, I think, with some of the some of the way this, you know, this Giants season here in December the 5th is being documented. Is this is like people have these these narrow view and these blinders on that, that, that they're just looking at the, the very thing in front of them and acting like it's meaningful. Like, and I get that it is in some degree, and certainly is for the players who are trying to put film up, but this is about the rest of the season about the future, you know, like the draft and all that is, is what ultimately like, let's be honest, matters in the off season. So um, yeah, I mean, does it really matter who's the quarterback for the giants the rest of the way? I guess, you know, for some people it does, but uh, I, I definitely appreciate Andy. Thanks man for going out and doing that. Um, oh, no worries. It was interesting to see just first of all, a locker room with people in it because the, the way the jets availabilities are this day, these days, it's not, uh, it's not usually a lot of guys in there. So that was a very lively locker room. Um, I did see dear Tommy DeVito's locker, some, some fresh perishable goods in a large box. So he's living well. Uh, it's not bad to be a Jersey kid. Who's, I, you know, I don't know exactly what was in there, but I'm sure it seemed like, you know, he's been getting some food gifts from local businesses and, and that must not suck as I will say. And he seems like a nice kid. He seemed, he tried to be taking it all in stride. I'm sure it's the whole thing is crazy. And, and yeah, you feel for Tyrod, 35 years old, doing everything he can to get back from uh, the ribs and making that known exactly what he went through, which I think there was, you know, a point to that too, but, but you feel for him. But yeah, like you said, like from an external perspective, neither one of those guys are the long-term answer. Maybe DeVito can shock the world, but um, yeah, I, I haven't watched closely enough. Obviously the game I watched, I didn't get to see him throw the ball. It would be interesting That's all I could say. Won on Monday, yeah, right. On Monday night, uh, if they want to, maybe the Packers a good, pretty good Packer team on Monday night. Um, I mean, the Patriots are a disaster. The Commanders are a disaster. Okay, and Tommy DeVito wasn't even the reason they won either of those games. I mean, he played pretty well in Washington. I'll, you know, he did. He did uh, last week against the pay, the last game against Patriots. The defense won him that game, and the defense played pretty darn well against Washington too. Um, so, which is why Wink Martindale was never getting fired during the bye week, but the optics of that would have been horrible for Brian Dable. I think he's gone after the season, but, um, so yeah, no, I, I, I think, um, the DeVito thing's a nice story. It's, it's, it's a cool story. It is, but, uh, let's remember the big picture here when you, and when you're four and eight, uh, and you're potentially going to draft a quarterback, the big picture matters more than a, a story that is going to be likely be forgotten. I mean, let's it's it's not like he's gone come in and completely let it out. He had like been when lighting up the NFL be like, "Wow, what then the world?" Like he didn't really do much of anything uh last week in the game, okay? The offense would did not do much of anything and it hadn't didn't hadn't done much of anything with Tyrod Taylor either. I mean, DeVito one touchdown, 191 yards, 103.9 quarterback rating. I mean, that's pretty good, but I, I think the coaching staff deserves some credit for you know, after DeVito looked pretty 
inept in Dallas for, for like finding a way, even against bad teams for making this to help make this kid look competent. And we'll see um, how it goes against the Packers. But uh, anyway, um, we'll close it up with picks. Uh, what do you got for your, what do you got for Jets Texans? Yeah, it's one of those games where I feel like I'm like certain the Jets will lose, which usually is when I get into trouble. Even more certain than I've been lately. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Jets to win based on that. Because whenever I want to pick them to lose by double digits is when they win. I will pick Jets. The, the funniest thing that could happen at this point would be for Zach Wilson to play great. That would be funny. Jets 24, Texans 21. Yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. Um, I'm with you, but but <laughs> but hey, I, my score last week wasn't that far off. So this Texans team, um, in defensively 18th in PFF, offensively they're uh, seven, ninth, right? So a pretty decent challenge for the really good Jet defense. This Jet defense is playing great. I mean, um, give them a lot of credit. Fifth in PFF right now. Um, so I, I know it's hard for people to appreciate that when the season's gone the way it has, but the Texans won last week. They lost to the Jaguars a week prior. They won three straight coming bef- um, before that. Um, they're a good team, not a great team. The Jets are going to, I think the Jets will lose, I don't know, 14 to 10. Let's, let's call it, let's call it 17, 13. How about that? Uh, give Zach Wilson a little bit of credit there. Uh, if I think, I think he starts, do you think he starts? Yeah, I do. I'm, I mean, I honestly, just because he, he, strangely enough, gives them the best chance to win, and they need to win badly. Yep. As for the Giant game Monday, uh, I'll, I'll start with this one. Uh, just off the top of my head, again, I think their offense is just so limited right now, just like the Jets. Not, not as bad as the Jets, but um, this Packer team uh, has done some good things. 14th in PFF, they're 6-6 six and six overall in defense, 14th or 13th in offense. So just right there in the middle of the league. And uh, Jordan Love is there, you know, was kind of trying to find his way here. And they did just beat the Chiefs. So they're not a total pushover team. Um, I don't think the Giants win this game. I mean, look, they needed, they needed like almost a miracle at the end. I mean, a missed field goal to to beat the Patriots, who are horrendous. And they won the game 10 to 7. Like, let's not lose sight of that. I mean, you talk about. What Love did, uh, they scored 27 points to Packers uh, against the Chiefs, and and Love in that game goes 25 of 36, 267, three touchdowns, and um, he had 118.6 quarterback rating. Pretty darn good against the Chiefs. Um, and so Aaron Rodgers' replacement, I think, comes into Aaron Rodgers' new home and, and leads the Packers to, let's say, 21 to, I'm going to call it, 7. I just don't think the Giants can move the ball. So. What do you got for that one? Yeah, Packers four straight wins after starting two and five, scored yep. twenty or more in all of them. Um, they're basically left for dead. People were writing off Jordan Love. Uh, I think, I think three he three. is yeah. Restraint? I thought it was uh, Chargers four. One. Oh yeah, they lost the Steelers. Sorry, so four out of five. My bad. Yep, um, four to five since four out of five after starting two and five. That's I, I I lost one there the Steelers game. But anyway, my point is Jordan Love is actually probably it certainly seems like he might be okay, pretty pretty good. So I I like the Giants to not win, like you said. I don't know why I can't talk, but 
I'm going to pick the Packers 27 Giants 17. There you have it. So appreciate everybody listening. Thanks for uh, reading our stuff. NJ.com slash Giants, NJ.com slash Jets. Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe. All your favorite podcasting platforms and all that good stuff. We we appreciate all you guys as always reading, listening, and uh, you know sending us emails and tweets and all that. Um, next week, obviously, I think we'll be back here same time ish Tuesday evening next week with uh, to digest the Jets game on Sunday, the Giants game on Monday. They wound up not being flexed, uh, and so they're in their original time slots. And so, everyone have a great rest of your week and uh enjoy the games on sunday and maybe someone's going to both of those games i don't know but uh, if you enjoy going to both enjoy both back-to-back games at metlife stadium sunday and monday sunday afternoon and then monday night and we will be back with you guys next week and everyone take care